So vacuum cleaners, um, you know, within the hose part, they used to have like a little fan mm-hmm. and that um, would help kind of suck up the, the dust and debris or whatever um, since it was closer to, to the end. Well, unfortunately, a number of men decided... I knew this is where it was going. Where was going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad it's not urban legend because that would have been disappointing. This sounds very realistic. No, it's really real. I mean, actually, I didn't even know how real it was. But so the problem with having that little fan there... Um, you know, and then men put their penises in there, yeah. and so then there was some havoc. <laughs> Hav- Havoc's a nice way to say it, yeah. <laughs> prioritizing profits. Prioritizing prioritizing Dangerous pro- drug and product cases. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Um, got it. Got it right this time. I was informed. <laughs> I uh, misspoke last time. Medical devices. We we were messing around with the title at first, but I've, you know, this far in, I should have, should probably have it figured out. Well, yeah, you probably should. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so we do. I mean, we we do dangerous drug cases, and and we also do dangerous medical device cases. But those fall within the purview of products, and mm-hmm. so and a lot of what we talk about are. Other products, so not just not just medical devices. Yeah. Hence um, the the broader title. So it kind of goes to what we were talking about last show as well with torts and just how kind of open that term is. And then mass torts is just mass amount of um, clients or, or victims of those cases. But it can really be any type of case. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the other thing, you know, well, not the other thing, but a thing. There's lots of things. Um, really, what we're talking about on this podcast is even broader than um, products. Um, you know, I think it's it's interesting just to, you know, see what's happening in the news, different types of lawsuits. We've talked about some medical malpractice type of situations, um, particularly like within the realm of the cosmetic cases or the cosmetic surgery cases. Um, some of those obviously do involve products. Some of them, um, it's uh, a tort, medical malpractice, um, but it, techn- it may, may or may not involve a product. So really, we want to talk about anything that's interesting out in the the legal sphere. Um, if it's not something that we particularly handle, we probably can find you somebody who does handle it if, if it's something. <laughs> We're good about that. That's true. That's true. And I think for me, the most interesting cases generally or at least when we're discussing them, is uh, a lot of the recalls because those are mm-hmm. things that I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize or you just don't hear about. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't really watch the news very often, to be fair. I, I don't believe in, in structured news organizations, but um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> well, there's there was this one video. I don't know if, if um, it was a long time ago, and there was a bunch of different news stations, and they – I mean, you can look it up. Maybe Fern can throw in a link of it. But it was essentially all of them were saying how fake news is going around and how their news station is dedicated to giving you the cold, hard facts, the real stuff. Um, and it shows like one clip of, you know, some news anchors doing it. Oh, out here in El Paso, we we value true um, factual evidence. And then it starts popping up of all of these different news stations, local news stations that uh, – you know, across the entire country, and it's like thirty or forty different stations, all reading the exact same script, oh word God. for word. And you know, it says Albuquerque, El Paso, Tucson, New York, all these different places, and all of them have the exact same script. The only thing difference is the location of of where they're at. Well, but to to be fair, they should all value 
accurate reporting. And I mean, it sounds like a generic thing, whether that is in practice. No, 100%. I mean, I, I believe in, in true and, and factual information. Yeah, I don't believe, obviously, fake news is bad. But, you know, you also don't want um, 100 plus news organizations being fed the exact same script. Yeah, it's, not, it's very sus. And especially when it's local. I think there's some some study out there, too. Um, like all of, of news stations are owned by like Ford parent yeah, companies. Yeah, no, that's true. That's, that's true. insane. Yeah. I can't even believe that. And I feel like that's like something that, you know, it kind of gets brushed under the rug. People don't really think about it. Um, anyways, that's why I'm a conspiracy <laughs> theorist against mainstream <laughs> media. News. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> great. Um, so I guess I'll be the one who will be scouring the news for hot topics for us to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and getting back onto topic, you know, I feel like a lot of these recalls, um, even the crazy ones, like the strawberries ca- mm-hmm. causing hepatitis, like that's something that's so insane and, and scary. Um, that can, you know, affect really anyone that shops at those locations. Kirkland was one of those brands, right. Trader Joe's. Um, so just kind of finding out about that and, and being a little bit more aware and keeping your eye, eye out is... Yeah. What's interesting that you bring up the recalls is kind of an area of your interest because um, I was putting together some information for next week's and I didn't think we would be able to squeeze it into this week. I have some really hot stuff to talk about. Hmm. Um, so, and one of the things that I saw in the news is that um, this quarter there have been more recalls than ever before in history. So it's been, uh, yeah, so the, the first quarter of this year... Um, has been, um, well, no, actually, it's the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> i got to get, get on track here. So the second quarter of this year, there's been more recalls. Um, so I thought we would talk about that next time, just what kinds of recalls, mm-hmm. you know, what, what areas have really increased in recalls. There's a lot of auto yeah, a lot, a lot of auto issues, um, as usual, um, and some others. And I didn't get really too in depth with it yet, since I was planning on talking about that next week. So that'll be something to look forward to. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about in in conjunction with that is just, um, you know, how again some tips of how to find out if products have been recalled because mm-hmm. there's, um, it's it's just most people don't know when yeah. when something's been recalled. It may be you know their vehicle, products in their home, that sort of thing. So yeah, and unless there's like some massive issue that that happens, right? Like I remember the air fryer unless my air fryer is exploding (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't know what exactly was going on with them but you know the craziest thing i can think of is an air fryer exploding or something like that that Uh that's you know really grabs your attention i'm not going to automatically think oh i should go check you know all of my different products and you know uh last week we were talking about the detergent yeah yeah yeah, the dishwasher pods yeah the dishwasher pods pods. exactly i wouldn't have even thought about that yeah um so, yeah, I mean, it's always good to have kind of those sources available. Yeah. All right. Well, that's something, a little teaser for, for next uh, next episode. Yeah, I already have questions, but I'm going to hold back. I'm gonna control hold yourself. Back control yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess that's pretty much a good segue into kind of what's been going on this last week. Intr- interesting cases in the news. Okay. Well, an interesting case, um, an interesting case for me, um, I'm actually on this no sugar thing right now. So anything that talks about sweet stuff draws my attention. And um, the, apparently there's been a big salmonella outbreak, outbreak linked to raw cookie dough. And, you know, people eat raw cookie dough. Uh, yeah, that's delicious. I don't blame them. <laughs> that was like my favorite dessert as a kid. <laughs> Did I let you eat that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, whenever we made cookies a little bit or if you go yeah. to, you know, get ice cream, cookie dough, ice cream. Right, oh. right. Yeah. Delicious. Well, so the problem with, really with it is that um, eggs – 
and um, raw flour, mm-hmm. both ingredients in cookie dough, can, um, can be a carrier of salmonella which can be really dangerous. And so that's what's happened. Um, it, it, it's uh, apparently about 18 people across six states um, have become pretty ill. Two people have been hospitalized. And so it just kind of, it, it's been a, a, a reminder. The CDC is saying, guys, stop eating raw cookie dough. Wait till it's cooked. Yeah. Um, and so it's always just good for a, a reminder. Um, most of the cases that uh, that the, the story is talking about happened um, as a result of, of raw cookie dough from Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza. And so apparently with the Take and Bake Pizza, they also have Take and Bake chocolate chip cookies. Nice. Right. So then you take the, the cookie dough home and you're supposed to cook it, but people are apparently just wolfing it down and not even baking just it. Just slamming the whole bucket. Not, a, <laughs> not even a second thought. Pretty much. Pretty much. So again, a really, really bad idea to do that. Um, there are forms of cookie dough that are safe to eat, that are specifically made to eat. And what the, the reason that those are safe is that they can use heat-treated flour um, and either no eggs or pasteurized eggs. Yeah, see, that just doesn't sound as good, though. You know, it's like kind of the adrenaline rush of, oh, I might the danger get sick. The risk this of might death. kill me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the best part of it. But did you ever really think it might kill you? No, but it, it was something that, you know, when you're eating it, you're like, I really have to savor this bite because I'm not, I shouldn't be eating this. You know, and every time you're like, wow, I should cut myself off. I might get sick here. <laughs> Each bite is the last bite, but then you end up going through half of it. And But we, we've made it here. Um, yeah, I had, I had no idea. But So just a, a quick shout out because you talked about the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And so in like Ben and Jerry's was a, an example here where they use the heat-treated flowers and heat-treated flour, just one flour, not flowers, <laughs> and pasteurized eggs in their cookie dough ice cream. So that is safe to mm-hmm. eat. Um, and then also there's a company, I don't know if you've heard of this, it's called Dope. It's Yeah, the, it's like they, they sell raw cookie dough that you can just Edible eat. cookie dough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's a really cool organization. Um, I think they're on Shark Tank. And then they were a sponsor of the She Recovers conference that was um, in uh, Miami. So just a really good company. And um, they can ship you cookie dough that is safe to eat. So all is not lost. Yeah. Um, you do not have to give up this sweet treat. Unfortunately, not sponsored. I'd say oh. <laughs> if we're going to be recommending specific brands here. We should be getting a little kickback. I know we've actually talked about Ben and Jerry's and Dope, and so yeah, um, maybe they'll just send us some for our own consumption. Who yeah, knows? That would be, be nice. It could happen. Nice. It could happen. Uh, on the, on that topic, though, salmonella. I mean, I don't really know much about it. This might be a dumb question, but I hear obviously the the most common risk of it is cookie dough, but also when you eat raw chicken, right? You you yeah. have risk of, of getting salmonella. And is that something that it's just, you know, whenever you eat raw products, there's a chance of that? Or does it have something to do with the product itself that will make it more likely? Well, so salmonella, so, so some eggs, I mean, not all eggs have sal- have salmonella, but okay. some of them could. And, um, and unpasteurized eggs are more or higher at risk. Um, and so the two most common ones are like E. coli and salmonella, and then yeah. different ones come, you know, are more like E. coli is more with meats. You tend to see it. Um, and, and again, not all meats are going to have, you know, have that. Well, so they have it. So, so the, the chicken or the, the egg already has a the salmonella. There's, you know, it, it, and if you eat it, then you get salmonella. 
but if you cook it, then it, it gets rid of right, it. Right, you can right, but not not all chicken has salmonella. Okay, see that was yeah, like, yeah, kind yeah. of my it's question. Only certain, but there's a higher yeah. risk, and then to make sure that whatever product you're eating does not have salmonella or E. coli, yeah. you need to cook it. And so. so with the it was talking about a specific brand of the cookie dough. Did they just get unlucky and a ton of their eggs had salmonella? Well, I don't know. I mean, it could have been the flour, it could have been the eggs, but the mm-hmm. cookie dough apparently you know had uh, did have salmonella, and so people ate it without cooking it and yeah. there you go yeah. nine of them um with that specific and how how bad can that get well it can get pretty bad um you know generally you have like diarrhea gastric issues um oftentimes people do recover from it um oftentimes you're treated with antibiotics the problem is that if somebody is um you know has any comorbidities has a compromised immune system they can get really really sick mm-hmm. and i mean ultimately you know if you if you if you get sick enough you could die if the if the antibiotics don't um don't take care of it so um not super high risk for the average person, but you're going to feel like crap for a few days, Um, may need medical treatment, um, you know, antibiotics, that sort of thing. Yeah. Not something you you want to mess with. Definitely a pretty big inconvenience, if anything. Yeah. A lot Um, of toilet paper and bathroom time and all of that. Although, you know, you like to live risky. I mean, you're like... You know, that's what makes it, like I said, that's what makes a cookie dough so good. Which brand is it? Maybe I got to look for it next time (laughs) in the supermarket. I'm not even going to tell you now. (laughs) Let's not do that. Yeah. Well, so, and how many people did you you say? Well, as of the time of the article, there had been 18 people um, who actually had reported it. So there could have been, you know, significantly more people, but they were aware of 18 people. um, And they've actually put out, um, uh, you know, announced that they should not, you know, if you've purchased this product, Mm -hmm. um, and again, it was Papa Murphy's, that you should not use it, you should dispose of it, um, and they're no longer selling it. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So okay. People can't be trusted not to eat it raw. They just can't have it. That's, that's the deal. Yeah, they got to ruin it for all of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, you would have been one of the, one of the culprits. It sounds like. Well, and I feel like if I mean, obviously, salmonella can get bad, but it would be mm-hmm. one of those things where I would just be like, "Wow, I feel like shit." Uh, maybe I got a little sick. Maybe I got the flu or something. I would kind of just try to power through it. I'm curious if these cases got bad enough to where they had to go to the hospital and they're like, oh, what's going on with these people? Well, actually, it said two of the cases did involve hospitalizations and, and it didn't say how severe it was or how long they're hospitalized or um, if they, um, they, no deaths to date that we know about. Oh, thank God. So, that would be a tragedy. That would be, I mean, cookie dough death. killed you, yeah. Yeah, I mean... To be fair, that's kind of like one of the only things I'd be willing to trade, you know. What? <laughs> like, you know, if you, if you if you gotta sacrifice yourself, if you're if you're gonna eat a meal and it's it gonna be your last story. meal, it yeah, death it's, by cookie dough. It's like when you're you're in death row. It's what's your last meal? Cookie dough. Well, what the hell at that point? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. You could just eat a whole bucket of it, and yeah, there's a uh, a lot of stories about. Um, death row like interesting meals that they asked Uh um one of it was he requested to i forgot what it was i think it was like a surf and turf you know steak and lobster but he requested to watch the full lord of the rings trilogy while he ate yeah while he ate and they okayed it they said all right but one of the reasons because it's at the time it was like the longest trilogy ever i mean it's like you know nine hours each one's like two three hours at least and there's like three of them i think your meal would be developing E. coli by the time. Well, I mean, he just, you know, slowly <laughs> ate and then he, I mean, hey, he bought himself an extra few hours. Can't blame him. Wow. You know, it's actually, 
um, one of the things I used to do all the time, and I think even even Peter thought this was really strange, is you know I would have some, I would eat something, I'd be like, wow, this is delicious. This is going to be on my last meal. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you know, if I'm ever on death row and I have to pick a last meal, it's better to plan early. What you know, you don't want to have like you know have to immediate, you have to that spur of the moment like come up with what your menu yeah. is. So I'm always like, okay, that would be on the menu. And I always still it's going to be a chocolate souffle for dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there've been di- different things depending on what my tastes have been over the years. You know, the main courses changed. Oftentimes there's been like crab stuffed lobster on there. Yeah. Um, but then I had this fabulous pasta that had. Um, lobster and tomatoes and tarragon. I'm going to try to recreate that. Some pretty bougie meals. <laughs> Most people are asking <laughs> for like burger and fries. Ooh, I would like a pasta with a shrimp uh, flown in from Italy, please. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Wait, it's my last meal. It's going to be like fucking fabulous. I'm not just going to have like McDonald's that's, or some that's crap fair. like that. I don't know. I mean, don't knock McDonald's. All right. Their new burgers, Big Mac. It's different. Fantastic. Yeah, they, they changed up their burger patties, just the patties. Same recipe, same Big Mac sauce. Calm down. It's okay. Now you're a little worried. Big I Mac sauce. I don't even know the last time I've had a Big Mac. I mean, it's, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I, honestly, I don't even think that I've eaten at McDonald's since I stopped buying you Happy Meals. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a, you're missing out. Apparently. You're missing out. There's nothing like a nice, just like late night. It's like 10, 11 p.m. Everywhere's closed. You're starving. You don't want to cook. You're lazy. And you're like, you know what? Just drive to McDonald's number seven, two cheeseburgers, large fries, maybe diet DP on the side. That's a good night. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> that is a good night. I just I have to I have to call you out on this though that you're not doing any driving to McDonald's. You're calling Uber Eats for McDonald's. A little bit of both, you know. A little bit of both. Sometimes I gotta uh, get it out of the house, get some air, <laughs> okay. put down the window. Um, <laughs> Some of that 110 degree nighttime air in Phoenix. Yeah, it is. It is miserable. Yeah, yeah. But we should probably get okay. Back we should really talk here. about stuff. Yeah. Right, um, what What else has been going on this last week? Okay. Well, so another thing that was in the news that I thought was really interesting, and it kind of actually took me down a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, there were was a report of um, a number of tainted sexual enhancement products. Um, and so a, a big warning going out to people who might be using those products that they include um, undeclared, actually, products that are in drugs. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason that this kind of got me off onto a whole tangent is the fact that these are considered um, dietary supplements. Yeah. And so dietary supplements are not regulated in the same way that drugs or even food is. Mm-hmm. And so um, these things, basically it's it's all, the, the FDA doesn't clear anything. They don't take a look at it at all. Basically the companies put it out there and then if there's complaints about problems, yeah. then the FDA will investigate. If somebody makes a complaint and then they'll actually test it and find out if there's things going on. So, so that's any dietary supplement. Any dietary supplement. Throw them on the shelves. But, yeah. No one's taking any oversight there. Right. That is Basically, insane. not initially. Now there, there's regulations. I mean, they have to um, list all of the ingredients in the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, until they get busted, and it, it turns out that you know that they didn't declare something, we find out about it, mm-hmm. then they can get away with it. Um, and this one, it was actually kind of interesting because, I mean, there's, uh, I don't even know how many, there was like a f- a four, oh, 411 products that they specifically had did ultimately test and find out that they included things that should not be in there, basically drugs and, and other um, things that can interact with your medic- any medications yeah. you're on. And basically, you know, just, just, 
super risky for you. Um, so there's a bunch of them, and um, obviously there's 411. Um, but if you do use any of these sexual enhancement products, you might want to take a look at that list. Yeah, well, I've seen, I mean, when you go to the gas station, you go to Circle K, you're checking out, you got your sugar-free Red Bull, maybe a bag of chips, and you look to your right, and they have like a full pharmacy at the front counter. And I mean, some of the names on these are just absolutely insane. Rhino pills, you know, energy boosters, all this, you know, insanity here. God, I've never noticed these. Uh, they're every like, gas station. Like, like it's, are you serious? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I had no idea. Well, because I, I, I was looking through this and some of them, I mean, Platinum 69,000, Rhino 69. Yeah, Rhino pills, yeah. You've seen the Rhinos. Cut. And Hard Steel 300,000 or 300K. No, these are all like gas station pills. And I always think to myself, I'm like, who on God's earth is like, Maybe on their way to work, on their way home. And <laughs> I don't think they're on their way to know, work. I hope it's, a, it's like when you you walk past a candy aisle and you just grab a Snickers. You're like, ah, eh, what? You know what? What? It's three bucks. Throw it in there, and they're probably sitting at the counter and like, oh, well, might as well just throw some of these in. You never know. You never know. <laughs> All right, some of these names like there's American Bankster, Black Label Optimum Formula Four Thousand. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think that's good. Uh, there's a long list. Hard I could, AF. I, I'm looking over here. There's a long list. Okay, well, then the, la- the one that really kind of jumped out to me was Kangaroo Intense Alpha 3000. Because, you know, I mean, I really like kangaroos these days coming back from from Australia. I got to pet the kangaroos. It was all fun and games. But anyway, um, I had no idea that these things were just right out there. I thought you would have to, like, go to some particular, like drugstore or something or, no. or I don't know like sex store I mean these things are at Circle K well, I just never noticed yeah I mean they're I don't think QT you're probably more of a QT person well, than I am part. so yeah. where are you seeing them what's it's Circle K Circle K, K 7-Eleven I mean QT is a little higher class when it comes to gas stations I mean if you go in their bathrooms whenever you're on a road trip Quick tip, and you need a bathroom break, look up Quick Trip. That is the best bathrooms you're going to find. Uh, easy access, 24 hours. Um, <laughs> that's a little side note there. But it, with so many brands getting caught in this area, is it like an umbrella parent company putting all of these no, out? No, no. These are lots of different companies. Um, but again, I, I think you're going to find that in any kind of dietary supplements. I mean, there's a lot of things too, like for bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like at the health stores that you've gone to those before. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's tons of those. And again, that's a dietary supplement and God knows what's in there. Yeah. Um, but until somebody complains about it, has a heart attack, you know, has some issue, um, then, then the FDA doesn't actually test the thing and take a look at it and, and see if there um, are violations. So, um, so it's you know with any type of dietary supplement, it's really important that you um, talk to your doctor before using it because you know you might be on some medication and just the products. I mean, even if they are completely honest and they have disclosed all of the ingredients, yeah. those ingredients still could interact with some medica- medications or other um, vitamins or supplements that you're taking. So, good idea to talk to your doctor. And and again, you know you don't know that they've listed all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a little bit risky to do that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any other tips for enhancing your sexual prowess without these things. Well, well that's insane that I, I had no idea that the regulation on these were so lax of dietary supplements in general. Because, you're, you know, I've been to GNC, you know, when I was yeah. getting into the gym and I was like, all right, right. what do I need? You got to pick up protein powder, creatine. But then you look at the you look in some of the other aisles and you're like, ah, how could I speed up the process? Um, <laughs> and you know, they, obviously the guy runs up to you, oh, how can I help you? And they're trying to give you everything they can. 
Uh, but the options are are insane, and with like just some insane promises or expectations out yeah, there. Yeah, pictures of these bulging crazy yeah, muscles. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's always funny too. Like even online, I'll see a lot of these advertisements for like meal prepping kits or uh, you know just like the the meals that you can buy, uh-huh. and they just have a picture of like Bradley Martin, who's just an absolutely massive roided out guy. He's a great guy, great guy, great personality from what I can tell. But he is just <laughs> insanely just ripped and and clearly on on steroids so and you know they're they're using that to market you like know, a meal yeah like a meal kit plan it's like ah, I, you know for some reason i don't think uh, a the, skeptical. i don't think these low calorie high protein meals are doing what <laughs> they're, they're trying to give on that they're doing <laughs> a little bit of false advertising there a little sure. bit a yeah little bit. yeah well it's interesting yeah so again unless there's an adverse event report or a complaint really the fda doesn't get involved in that mm-hmm. um healthcare uh, uh, providers can uh, make reports obviously any kind of any consumers yeah. um but yeah, if you've used any of these products and you have had issues, um, really good idea to make a report because, again, then at that point, then they will investigate and hopefully, um, you know, if there's problems, they can alert other people who've used the product um, and then the company will have to have to amend their ways. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I think... So, so you know, obviously these are some kind of like fringe cases here. These are the extreme of the dietary supplements where, you know, majority of people aren't even thinking about taking these. But when you go to the grocery store and there's the dietary supplements aisle, and I mean, it has everything. You can get iron, you can get B12, your fish oil pills, all of that. So all of those kind of general nutrients that people might be using to, to fill in, um, those are all under there, you know, very little regulation. Yeah, exactly. Same thing, same mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, and, and the thing about that too is, I mean, I actually kind of fell prey to this too, because at one point I was like, oh, I, I need I need calcium and D3. And um, I guess I, I kind of misread. I thought, well, if one was good, two was better. Anyway, I ended up like with, with almost a toxic level of D3. Um, and it, it sounded like such an innocent thing. It was going to help me, you know, strengthen my bones, body, yeah. body, blah. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it, you've got to be careful with those things because even just a vitamin like calcium too much calcium can cause cardiac issues these days Mm. um you know talk to your doctor before you just start taking these things i mean it sounds great um you know you think vitamins are harmless but you know they really can be can be problematic in fact you know back to the um we had talked about the uh, denture cream cases, and that was where people had zinc poisoning. I mean, if you start pounding zinc supplements, the same thing yeah. could happen to you. So there really are some bad side effects of, of these kind of innocent-sounding vitamins. Mm-hmm. So. And and, it, and it's kind of scary because I feel like, you know, I've, I've taken like the vitamin D and stuff here and there. I don't take anything now, but... Um, you know, I was like feeling like, oh, wow, I'm being healthier. I'm yeah, helping my body. Exactly. My body needs this. You know, I'm lacking nutrients. Yeah. Um, but, you know, knowing the kind of lax regulation there makes it a little bit more scary. And like you said, you know, you can easily take too much. Yeah, or it's just the wrong things. And so, and and depending on your health history, there might be certain things that are not good for you to take. Yeah. Um, so definitely talk to your doctor. I actually am working with an integrative medicine doctor these days. Um, and so I do take some supplements, but they're, you know, very specific ones that he has recommended based on my blood work, really extensive blood work. And then um, also from a particular uh, company that, you know, that that he's very comfortable, is, yeah. is very reputable and... Um, you know, it lists the ingredients and 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 doesn't uh, slide other things in there that shouldn't be there. Kind of speaking of you know almost regulatory loopholes is I was seeing recently how there's a lot of companies making 
um, like almost synthetic marijuana and like synthetic mushrooms and whatnot. And, and I don't know how it exactly works. It's kind of similar to the vapes, how like there's just like no real oversight and it only comes up once there's complaints. Um, and so like people are getting like, you know, CBD, but it's like the extract of THC and it's essentially just over the counter weed without, you know, needing the, the card or anything like that. Um, and same thing with mushrooms where they're just like getting the extract and they're saying it's just like, you know, it doesn't do anything, but in reality it's actually. It does? Like the psilocybin stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard about that. That's interesting. But I mean, same thing with kind of the vapes, you know, there's no regulation there. Um, you know, there's a lot of times there's just some insane, like insanely bad, uh, built, you know, plastic right on the heater. Um, the likelihood of getting those, those toxic chemicals is even higher yeah well i mean there are some uh, you know certainly some regulations on that now with all the flavoring stuff and the things that are being marketed to children and um you know a little bit more but again that kind of came about with complaints and issues and problems well and and what was happening too is like the first one was jewel which was like Mm -hmm. back when i was in high school that was a while ago yeah lots of litigation on that yeah but so what happened was like they just started doing because a lot of it is overseas companies like sending them over um and a lot of them are kind of just doing like almost shell companies where they'll like start one brand and then as soon as they get taken down, they just change out the logo and it's like the exact same device, but the logo is wow. different and kind of just keep it going. Yeah, just kind of one step ahead, huh? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Well, not surprising though. No, no, no. Because again, another thing with big bucks involved, so they're mm-hmm. going to... Well, that's interesting though. That is interesting and uh, something that I didn't know, so I'm kind of curious to see what other kind of recalls and dietary supplement area will be coming out. I'm sure maybe next week when you talk about the highest yeah. recalls and, you know, ever in history, I'm sure. Dietary- well, I don't know about ever in history, but there were more um, this quarter than there yeah. have been. So number wise, and I'm not quite sure exactly all the areas, but we'll, yeah. we'll dive into that and, and maybe look a little bit more at dietary supplements. I hadn't really, I mean, I knew that they were regulated differently, but I, but um, it's not something, I don't think I've ever had any cases specifically um, with regard to dietary supplements. So um, hmm. I may have, but I can't think of them right now. If so, it was pretty pretty far back. Well, and so. we were just talking about McDonald's. We were talking about McDonald's. And, you know, I have to say that, that our, our last podcast got a lot of attention, specifically, I think, because of the discussion we had about the McDonald's McNugget case. Really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people had a lot to say about that and kind of getting all worked up and comparing it back to the hot coffee case and that sort of thing. And so um, um, I did want to kind of jump back to it. Um, I did a little bit more research on it just to see exactly what was going on. Um, and uh, a couple of things. One is, I think I had mentioned that the, the little girl was seven, and she's actually seven now. At the time this happened, she was four. Wow. So this is a while ago. Well, like three, but by the time you get to trial, yeah. I mean, that's not unusual that you would talk through, you'd be thinking three years. I mean, you can file a lawsuit within two years of the injury. I, obviously, she did it sooner than that um, to be already, already through the trial in, say, three years. Yeah. Well, but, now I'm even more curious on, because you mentioned, too, that the McNuggets were handed directly to her. You know, who, what, what parents are pulling up so the, you know, the back door or the back window for a four-year-old to, to grab the McNuggets. And then all they always put it in the back or the Happy Meal thing. You know, yeah, who's, yeah. who's given just the straight-up box? Yeah, well, in, in one of the articles I saw, it actually said that they handed it to the mother and the mother just handed it to her. So I'm not quite okay. sure if they actually handed it directly to the child yeah. or if the mother handed it to her. Um, but again, you know, it, it's it's a Happy Meal. It's, it's directed toward children. I mean, 
as an adult, I ate some Happy Meals because yeah. I, I like to collect the toys back in the day when they had cool ones. They did have but, some cool ones. That was yeah. my favorite part. So back, and I think they were kind of like crappy, like cardboard things these days, aren't they? Oh uh, yeah, they've they've gone down for sure. Yeah, I mean they were collectors' items for a while. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean they were some high quality stuff, and now it's just like shitty little pieces yeah. of paper usually. Yeah, so so no fun, but um, but yeah, so I mean just, it's intended, it's directed for a child, um, you know. And then I was thinking too. I mean when you are, are giving a child food. Um, I mean, certainly when you were a kid, I mean, I would test something first, touch it, blow on it, that sort of thing before, you know, just make sure that it was a regular temperature. Um, You know, it's not something, and as an adult, you know, we might look at something, we look at some hot soup, we look at pizza, we know, well, shoot, if we're not careful, I mean, we want to test it a little bit before we just gulp, you know. Take a big mouthful and burn, you know, try burn to be the safe. Of our mouths. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it is a little bit different um, when it's a child, and so the trial it was um, a bifurcated trial, which is odd. And I'm not exactly sure why that happened, but the trial only addressed the issue of liability, whether they were responsible for the injuries, but it didn't address the damages. And there's going to be a second trial that's mm-hmm. going to assess the amount of damages that should be awarded to the family. So um, we don't know what that will um, be yet. But what they found was that they um, held the franchise liable for negligence in basically the temperature that they served the food at and the failure to warn about how hot it was. And then um, the franchise or franchisor, uh, McDonald's USA, was liable for failure for failing to provide instructions for safe handling of the food. So it sounds to me like there's not like a specific policy that McDonald's requires all their franchisees to adhere to with regard to um, how you serve the food and the temperature that you um, are passing it off to the, the consumer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would assume they have kind of like a, a rule book on how to cook the McNuggets and, you know, what temperature to put it at and whatnot. But, yeah. um, you know, once it comes out of the oil and, and they're packaging it and everything, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the drive throughs fast. Everyone wants to get yeah, their food fast. fast. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, wait, you know, hold on. We got to give this another 30 seconds to cool down before we serve it to them. Yeah, but better 30 seconds than, you know, than serious scarring on a child. Um, you know, one of the on there, there was actually a kind of an argument. Um, I think I don't know if it was on our YouTube or, or TikTok. Anyway, some a couple of people got into an argument about, hey, you know, you have there's there's laws about how you can, you know, the temperature that you have to serve food at. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with cookie dough. Yeah. That, that if you don't have it at a certain temperature, then there is the risk of salmonella, E. coli, those sorts yeah. of things. And so, and that temperature is 140 degrees is what's, um, you know, you have to heat the food to that temperature for safety reasons. And in this case, um, the plaintiffs argued that the temperature that the, the McDougat was served at was over 200 degrees. Oh, Jesus. Right. Now, the defense said, no, it was 160. So 20 degrees over, um, but 40 degrees less than, than what the plaintiffs are saying. And that probably, I don't, again, there wasn't details about exactly how they came to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming that they had experts look at, you know, the, the injury to her thigh and what temperature would it take to cause that kind of, yeah. you know, significant second degree burning, uh, uh, burn that would, would result in the scarring. So that was one of the issues. And it sounds to me like, um, you know, again, we don't know the details on exactly what the jury decided, mm-hmm. um, but they did find that um, they were negligent in the way that they served it. So presumably that it was hotter than than that 140. And, and you said they found 
not only the franchise liable, but also McDonald's as a whole because they didn't have instructions for the franchise on how to serve it and the safety right. precautions they should be taking. Right. So different issues. So they found that the actual franchisee was negligent mm-hmm. in the way that they served the food and the failure to warn. And then McDonald's, a franchisor, was um, was negligent in failing to provide adequate instructions to all of their franchisees. Yeah. And I suspect that this is something that is going to um, probably change. I yeah. mean, it's simple enough to come up with a policy, a procedure, and then to share that and, and hopefully avoid injuries. Because again, I mean, this is one lawsuit um, and the injury was significant enough that it became a lawsuit. Yeah. But how many people potentially have been burned, um, but they just didn't do anything about it or it wasn't so bad that they had to go to the hospital, you know, back back to that coffee case. I mean, there were, there were skin grafts, all kind of stuff. And in this case, you know, permanent scarring. Yeah. And I mean, even from personal experience of going through the drive through is sometimes when you're waiting there and you get fries, the fries, yeah, fries. I mean, those, they're delicious. They're fantastic. <laughs> my favorite fries. But those will come out piping hot. And yeah. I've, I've definitely burned my tongue once or twice because, yeah. you know, I furiously, they're even better when they're hot. They, they right. Once you get cool and a little, you know, soggy, yeah. they're not good. So you really want to enjoy that, that, that hot moment. But um, they can come out piping hot. Well, maybe you need to make sure that you dip them in ketchup because that will no, cool them no, down a little bit. No, 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 no. That's a t- it ruins it. It ruins it. You know, you got to enjoy <laughs> it's your... It's a crutch. It's, it is. It is. It takes away from the flavor of the fry. Oh, I like I like I like my ketchup. It's a safety issue, really. Yeah. And that's what they should have said, you know. Why don't you dip your McNuggets in ketchup before throwing them in your lap? <laughs> or those sauces? The sauces. They did yeah. sweet and sour is good. Um, but you mentioned so the li- they, they found him liable, but the damages is going to be a completely different case. Yeah, and I'm not sure why they broke it up, yeah. um, but but they did. So so now they have to put on only the damages case. And apparently, you know, and again, some of the information is conflicting, but it sounds like what they what the, they were asking for was $15,000. So not millions and yeah, billions of dollars bad. or something like that. And, they, and I don't know how that was broken down, but presumably there would be, um, you know, medical expenses, pain and suffering, potential lost time from, you know, work to, for the family to get her the medical care, um, you know, and then something for, you know, there's the permanent scarring, that sort yeah, of situation. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty low for all those right. things that you mentioned. I mean, even just alone, the, the medical costs of some serious burns like that, yeah. and then the pain and suffering, especially on the child, that has to be a little bit more than 15 grand. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're saying that they initially, that they had asked for. Again, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting um, when they do hold the damages, trial, damages, um, yeah portion of the trial because again people are just get really worked up over this because they're just so incensed about the whole coffee thing which again most people don't know all the details about it Um, and in that case the woman asked for a very small amount too um, and they would not pay just for her medical treatment and then ultimately they ended up finding um, for her in favor of her and awarding punitive damages and that's where you get into the crazy numbers is where you have to punish a company that's so huge that, you know, $15,000 is nothing to no, them. I yeah. mean, they're just like would throw that at you. Yeah. I mean, to, to make them change their ways, it takes a whole lot more. So. Yeah. And so when it comes to the damages case, uh, I mean, I was kind of surprised as well that it wasn't in, in the same thing. Yeah. And so they'll be arguing, you know, because it's already
already been decided that they're liable. So the defense are going to be kind of trying to get that as low as possible. Exactly. But I mean, 15 grand is already so low. How low can I know. Get it? Well, it's one of those things they probably should have paid this and this thing would have gone away a long time ago, but they didn't. And yeah. But the good news about this, though, is that with that verdict where, you know, the, 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 the McDonald's was held responsible for not having these policies, it's going to make a change, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and so the had they just paid them off $15,000, they would have just kept doing it. And who knows how many other injuries there would be and how, how big of an injury we'd have to have to finally make a change. And this is going to make the change. Um, I, I mean, I can't, I, I can't speak for McDonald's, you know, the CEO or whoever, whatever they're, they're, whoever's making these calls, but I suspect they're going to come out with some policy yeah. and then pass it off to, you know, again, the franchisees are now going to be on the hook if they don't follow the policy, but they can get out of it by setting one up. That's what I was going to say is, I mean, it must be kind of difficult when you have that many franchises because it, 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 McDonald's is a franchise business. Right. Um, I think they their their mission is essentially owning the land. They're more of a real estate company. Really? I yeah. Don't, I don't yeah. know the insides of that. Yeah, it was actually uh, if you watch the founder based on the founding oh, of McDonald's. Right. Okay. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. But it talks about how you know everyone was kind of so obsessed with owning all of the restaurants and then making it as big as possible, and they really started the franchising. And so they would you know buy the land, or if someone wanted to start a franchise, they would say, okay, we can do that, but we're gonna you know take the land that that's going to be um, hosted on anyways it must be kind of difficult to manage that many franchises and, yeah. and and i wonder if it's difficult to come up with safety precautions and try to make sure i mean i guess they just aren't liable so don't care too much but make sure that all of the franchises are following it well i i, I think they are liable. Um, I mean, this case is holding them liable for failure to have a certain policy. There's probably a lot of other policies. And, and usually with those franchise fr- franchisors, I mean, they have really specific and detailed and really long contracts about all of the things that the franchisees have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, this is just one more policy. But I'm sure they probably do have a policy that you have to serve the food at least, you know, have to cook the food yeah. to at least 140 degrees, again, for health reasons. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just add on and, you know, ensure that it drops, you know, to whatever temperature before you serve it and don't serve it at over the 140. Yeah. Um, and perhaps there'll be some warning, who knows? Well, and I mean, 200 degrees, like you said, which is what the plaintiffs were arguing. And then mm-hmm. the, the defense was arguing 160 and yeah, you I need said. 140 to cook it well enough. Yeah. Um, 200 seems pr- pretty absurd. I mean, that's that's high. But yeah. 160, you know, the 20 degrees, um, even though that's that's a high, you know, high number, it's hot, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to keep hot in hot mind hot. as well. These, these are minimum wage employees that are being probably overworked and, you know, not treated the best and then trying to also make sure that they're keeping track of, you know, 10, 15, 20 degrees. It's, it's kind of tough. Well, I guess you just need good training, and maybe they need to pay them a little more. I definitely agree with that. They they deserve a little bit more for sure. I mean, I'm the fries are delicious. <laughs> that alone <laughs> deserves a higher paycheck. You know, I really think like you seem to be the connoisseur of of fast foods. I mean, yeah. Well, with my extensive time on the road, um, I've oh, had a okay. good amount of experience, and then my laziness level also. You know, when you don't feel like cooking, it's uh, fast. Yeah, I mean, a few of my no goes Arby's. Never touching Arby's. I think it. I haven't even been there in years. Carl's Jr. Not a big fan. Uh, a lot of people say they like Wendy's. I think they have good curly fries. I'll get behind that, but uh, not a big fan of the others. I think they got mini tacos, which I've heard is good. 
Um, in and out number one by far. And the Chick-fil-A was up there for you? Chick-fil-A is probably top three. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just high quality. It's high. It's like arguably not fast food, even though it uh, is. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's like kind of like a Chipotle too. It's like, do, what do you call Chipotle fast food? I wouldn't. But it, it no, I mean, because you can't have a you don't have a drive through. I think if you I've don't have a drive through, I've seen a few Chipotles with drive throughs. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, they got that. a few in Phoenix. Oh wow! I, I just feel like if you don't have a drive through, it's not fast food. That's it's fair. Like medium fast. That's food. fair. But In and Out, Chick Fil A, those are my top two freshest, highest quality food on the road for sure. What about Taco Bell? Oh, uh, I mean, Taco Bell is like one of my top options for late night, like it, because they have twenty four hour Taco Bells. Um, and, you know, got to be honest, the tacos are delicious, even though the meat is just muck. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it doesn't look like meat. No, it's it's because it's not. I mean, it's powder, oh, and they put water in, uh, and they mix it, and that's what it is. But the Doritos Locos tacos have some insane macros on them. It's like 12, 15, no, no, I think it's higher. I think it's tw- in the 20s, grams of protein, and like 200, 300 calories each, which for fast food is not bad for a taco. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I, actually Taco Bell was one of these things that like, I grew up on the East Coast and we did not have Taco Bells. I'm assuming they're there now. Um, but when I was um, actually in law school, I did a summer um, summer job in LA. And one of the most exciting things was the fact that they had Taco Bells all the play, all over the mm-hmm. place. And I had all these pictures taken of me like at Taco Bell and everybody back, you know, East Coast was all jealous and excited about it. And But they were different then too. I mean, yeah. it was more... I, I it was it, I think it was a higher quality. It the meat looked like meat. They really looked like tacos. Yeah. So. Well, I think all fast food back then was just better. I yeah. mean, it, it's as you know, population grows, as demand grows, and the speed, and there's more competition. Yeah, trying to keep get it cheaper. Yeah. And, yeah. And then uh, corners. all the others. Well, Taco Bell's massive in uh, at ASU as well because there's one right next to campus. It's across the street from dorms as well as some other living facilities. Um, and so when it hits 2 a.m., and I think it's 24 hour, when it hits 2 a.m., all the bars close and everything, it is body to body in there. I mean, oh it is God. like almost an after party because it is just packed. Um, and you know, I feel terrible for the workers because I mean, they're dealing with a ton of drunk college, drunk students, college students, you know, just being belligerent. There's one time I, I went in there and I was living across the street. I think I was just, you know, lazy and getting food at, late at night. Um, and as I was leaving, these two guys were talking, talking shit to each other and, you know, and getting a little bit in each other's faces. But I was just, I just walked out next day, go on Instagram. There's Barstool ASU, get all like that, that cool clips of going on an ASU same exact guys getting a massive fist fight. Like wow. it must have been minutes after I left and just knocked one of the guys out and it was just, it was just game over after that. Wow. Yeah, so Dodge dodged a bullet there. <laughs> so that's the only cool Taco Bell story I really have, so I felt like I needed to kind of throw it out there. I don't know if it's cool or not. It's a little bit traumatic. But, uh, no, it's interesting. But you made it through college and I don't I mean, you weren't in any fist fights and no bells to my knowledge. So no, not All that good. I can remember. All good, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting. Um, so the next thing up, actually, we're, we always talk about a case that we're actively involved in and, and um, what's happening with that and give a little background on it. And what I wanted to talk about this week is hernia mesh cases. And we actually talked about this. Um, unfortunately, it was one of the, pro- one of the um, podcasts that we did before I left the country. And somehow the file was corrupted and the whole thing never... Um, uh, never made it to you guys. So, but it is a really important litigation. And so I wanted to kind of go back over that, yeah. um, actually for the first time for all of our listeners. 
So hernia mesh cases, um, like I said, that's it's it's a big deal right now because there are some of the cases are in the process have settled and are in the process of settling, and there are a number of different products that are involved, but they're all meshes that are used to surgically repair hernias. Mm-hmm. And when we um, talked about this before, I don't know if you remember all your questions, um, but hernias are basically where an internal organ or other body part is protruding through the muscle uh, muscle wall or tissue. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually you'll see them abdominal, groin area, or lower abdomen. Yeah, I feel like the go-to is like the massive belly button. Uh-huh, I know Ron yeah. Jeremy was one of those guys, and he had just, I mean, he's already a big old hairy guy but then he has a <laughs> massive belly button it's like it's it wasn't any but now it's just a massive ball and audi so well, like i mean has he not i don't know had anything not, done not, about it not, he not just walks around I, with a big old hernia i think so i mean i haven't kept up with it but that's kind of like where my mind goes is that was okay. the most like protrudent one that i i noticed oh well maybe fernie can find a picture i i don't <laughs> know who this is or you definitely can. i mean or, it's so it'd be it, an interesting it, example maybe i have to use that in my marketing i don't know no you don't you don't want no, to use this guy okay <laughs> Um, anyway, so it's it's a really, really common problem, and millions and millions of people have this problem, and so they do go in, and, and now the quick, easy surgical repair is using the mesh. Mm-hmm. So as these products degrade in the body, um, they can cause a lot of symptoms. They can cause like chronic pain, um, infections, intestinal obstructions, fistulas, even organ perforation. Jesus. Yeah, and these are really, really bad problems. I mean, a number of people end up getting horrible infections, can go septic, um, a lot of deaths. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so just some really horrible injuries. And, you know, these companies have known that there's a problem with this product. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the, 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 as I was doing some background on this, um, came up with a quote from a plastics engineer. This was um, originally on 60 Minutes, where he basically, he says, and this is a quote, I can't in my wildest imagination imagine anybody that's knowledgeable in the science of plastics ever deciding that it was appropriate to use polypropylene in the human body. It's well known that it's oxidatively unstable. That's insane. Right. I I mean, and like you said, there's already issues with meshes. And and when there's something that goes into your body, it's going to be in there a long time. It's there to fix an issue, which hernias, you know, to my knowledge, usually aren't super bad. It's more of like a kind of a cosmetic surgery. and and, and, It can, can be very painful. Yeah, definitely painful, but not like a, you know, fatal type of life or death it's generally not until you get it repaired and then it's life or death well and that's the most insane part is that first of all these meshes that are going to your body so you have to assume that they're going to be in there and if they just so happen to break up and start deteriorating you know worst case you got to be prepared for that and and the the chemicals and the you know material that you use to make it shouldn't be causing death yeah, I mean, it, it basically bake, bra- as it breaks down, it behaves as a toxic substances yeah. in your body, um, and so and the problem here, well, there's lots of problems here, but one of the problems here is that um, they these things are still being implanted. A couple have been recalled, very specific ones, but the generally these polypropylene meshes are being used every day, you know, thousands and thousands of times a day. There's wow. millions of these out there, um, and and the different brands are slightly different. I mean, they may um, the, the strength of the, of the materials that they use, um, how tight the mesh is. There's different things that make some of them a little bit worse than others. Mm-hmm. But any of the polypropylene ones can be a big problem. Um, so in these cases have been, we've been litigating these for like five years now, yeah. I think it is. And, and, and so it's the 
I mean, I don't know. I know I'm not going to pronounce this. The polypropylene. Polypropylene. Propylene. Um, but not all of them have that material in it. Right. Most of them do. Um, there are, you, so you can have different kinds of vegetables. You can have biologic. And so some of them are, they use bovine or porcine um, tissue. So basically cows or pigs. Yeah. Um, um, and then there's also... Um, some human, human they call it humidermis. So there's also, um, it's not all synthetic materials. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, you can repair a hernia without um, adding any product. I mean, it's a more complicated surgery yeah. and you have to go in and so, you know, basically put the, <laughs> you're yeah, like, look at the it's, face, it's like the face, cringe. okay. It's making me cringe. Yeah, well, basically you're sewing the tissue yeah. together to cover it up. So it's, um, it's not as much of a quick fix. Yeah, and that was kind of another one of my questions is how is the hernia mesh actually helping the hernia? Like, is it just a material that you put over it and yeah. it pushes down the protruding organ? Basically, yeah. And that's yeah. it? Well, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so it's a, it's a quicker, easier fix. It sounds like Although it. quite expensive because these things cost a whole lot of money, which is yeah. really good for the, the companies. Um, and they're, you know, making a ton of money on this. And so they're not, these, these as I said, there are a couple that have been recalled, but most of them are not recalled. Um, they're still implanting them um, regularly. And, and and generally there is there's a delay between when you've had that the surgery implanting it and when you start really having the symptoms mm -hmm. and the problems and it can be several years. Wow. Um, a lot of our clients, yeah, I mean they had it, um, you know, years ago and it, it, again it, it degrades and yeah. that takes time and so as it degrades, um, you know, the, the different issues can can start um, arising um, and you know and and they're needing these additional surgeries they're needing revision surgeries. Um, some people are just suffering from chronic pain where they, you know, there's situations where they get in there and they're like, we cannot get this out. Um, it's going to cause them more damage to remove it Jeez. than to just basically leave it there. I mean, you know, you get adhesions to organs, you get organ perforations. Um, I mean, it's pretty traumatic cutting this stuff out when it's embedded into the various tissues and organs. Yeah. And I mean, something that, that I th immediately thought of as well is that hernias are one of those situations that... It's not something that only happens to elderly people or like a majority. No, no, you know, yeah. I had a buddy that, um, you know, in his 20s, he was lifting. And it's really big in, in the lifting scene is right. that people get hernias. And especially yeah. when they're doing a lot of deadlifting, um, you know, heavy weights like that, it's, it's super common. And yeah. so, you know, there's people that are in their 20s, 30s getting this. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people who have very physical jobs. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, construction and anything where you're lifting heavy objects, you have a, a high risk of, of sustaining a hernia. Um, women, when they're pregnant, oftentimes have. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big issue, too. So, again, like you said, it's not it's not just older people. Um, and it's just it's millions of people. I mean, it's uh, I don't even know, like, as far as like ranked, how common it is, but it's got to be up there. Mm -hmm. um, lots and lots of people who suffer from this. And now, you know, millions and millions of people who are suffering from the complications and needing other surgeries, um, hence the uh, multi-district litigations. There are several. Um, and as I said, a couple of them have settled. Um, the biggest one, which is barred, that one is um, still pending. There's a trial. Actually, the next trial is coming up October 15th on that. Um, and, you know, we do expect that these cases are going to resolve. There probably will be a global settlement. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just really important um, that people not wait yeah. if they are having any types of problems 
Um, you know, they can, even if the global settlement happens, they could file their case individually, of course, but um, unless the, their injuries are really horrendous, it's going to cost them so much to yeah. litigate against these companies. Whereas, you know, if they jump into this multi-district litigation and, and can participate in a global settlement, they, um, and again, they, 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 they can reject the offer if they want to and take their case out to still litigate it individually. But at least they have the option of, um, of, of getting a resolution without actually them going to trial. Yeah. And I know you, you mentioned some of these products have been recalled, mm-hmm. but it sounds like not all of them, especially not the one with that dangerous material in it, which is crazy to me because, I mean, like the quote that you said from, from the uh, scientist or, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, I don't know what his profession was, but uh, yeah, I mean, it sounded plastic surgeon. Yeah. I mean, it's sound plastics engineer, plastics not engineer. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know how he's saying that anyone that knows anything about plastics would never put this in the human body. Mm-hmm. So how is it that there are still products out there and being implemented that have this material? Well, they're in, you know again they're, they're insisting the companies are insisting that it's not a problem and you know all of these you know every product has a risk and there's a very low risk but this is not a very low risk um, and and ultimately I think that the juries are are finding that and holding them responsible and hopefully it will be a situation. I don't think they're ever going to recall them, but hopefully it's going to be a situation more similar to, say, the vet transvaginal mesh, where, you know, before doctors were implanting them right and left. I mean, that was just what they automatically recommended. And now they're much more hesitant and they've warned the the women um, about all of the risks. And so they're just not used as much. And I'm hoping that that's going to be the case with the polypropylene meshes also. you know, that, that people will be much more hesitant. They won't just be getting them right and left. Yeah, and it sounds like there's a wide variety of issues that this can cause. I mean, it's from, you know, pain and discomfort to, you know, insane infections and, and protruding of the, of the organs um, and then all the way up to death as well. Is there, like, kind of an area that's most common with, with where they'll get issues or how bad it will get? Well, it really depends on on the person and and what happens. I mean, when you get a bowel perforation, that's really bad. Because what is of, that? Well, so that's where you know your your bowel is basically um, it it cuts into your bowel, and oh. so you, your bowel can leak into oh, your yeah. abdomen. That sounds terrible. Well, yeah, yeah, and so then you're you know at that point those are, are causing just horrendous infections, and oftentimes people go septic and die. Yeah, I mean that's not something you want to mess around with, um, you know. But you know where you have a chronic pain, sometimes they can go in and, and actually take out the mesh and the scar, scar tissue surrounding it, um, and that will improve your symptoms. Um, you know, and a lot of people do get some infections, and they're able to treat them either you know IV antibiotics or you know maybe even less serious. Um, you know, it just really depends on on what type of problem, what type of problem you have. Yeah. We have a little canine activity here. (laughs) Causing a ruckus. Um, (laughs) We got rid of two dogs and we have one dog. Yeah. (laughs) This one's a little smaller, so it's not as as bad. But, um, yeah, that is insane. I mean, these are some terrible issues that sounds like they're affecting such a wide variety of people. And, um, you know, something that you mentioned as well is that it's really common in these manual labor jobs where, you know, if, if this happens and it's kind of part of the, of working in that field, you get hernia mesh and then you have other issues and with how bad it sounds like it can get, it takes you out of work. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. could really just mess up your entire lifestyle. Well, it, well, yeah, it certainly takes you out of work. And then some people end up, you know, permanently disabled and, and not able to go back to certainly that kind of job would involve a lot of physical, physical labor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So. And and you, you said this has been going on for a while, about five years. I remember you've been talking about this yeah. for a long time. Um, this is cases that we take as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is really probably the, the thing that, that we get the most calls about right now. Um, and again, I think that there is a push. A lot of people are trying to get the information out to people that, hey, time really is running out on these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just talk to somebody, find out if you have, you know, um, you know, if you do have a case, you don't want to wait on it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of issues. There's one one issue, of course, is that the cases are settling. And if you want to be able to participate, you need to, to, to get involved before that settlement happens because you can't come in later. Um, but the other issue is just timing that even if you want to file your own case, you know, depending on the state um, that you live in, there's going to be a time frame. And it's usually going to run from when you knew or should have known that this there was a problem with the product. So when you start having symptoms, again, those time frames start to run. They're different in different states. Um, if you have questions about that, we can let you know what it is. But um, sooner than later, you want to see your doctor, tell your doctor that you're having these symptoms um, and get that figured out, get the treatment you need, and definitely talk to an attorney um, if you if you want to pursue a case for damages, and with how I mean terrible these issues can get, and knowing that you know this type of material being in your body can cause these problems, I feel like it would be something that even if I wasn't having problems and I had hernia and I knew I got hernia mesh, I would want to know at least you know is that the brand that are is causing these problems is that in me? Is that something I need to keep an eye out for? Go to the doctor, you know, keep just an eye on so you don't let it get to those, you know, terrible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that kind of goes to another point is that oftentimes, you know, in any of these cases where you have, you know, an implant, whether it's a mesh or, you know, an artificial joint, people don't know what kind they have. I mean, it's just, they, they, basically the doctor chooses. It's not like, you know, you shop through a catalog and say, I like this one, this one looks cool or, um, they don't know. And so if you want to know what product you have, you can contact your surgeon. Um, generally in your medical records, there's, um, what's called like a sticker sheet. Sticker. Yeah. Every time they use the product, they put a sticker in. Yeah. Yeah. So now, I mean, and and it used to be, they would actually peel the sticker off of the box and stick it in the medical record. Um, now a lot of it, um, you know, is, is, uh, is, uh, what do you say? Automatic is online is, is digital. You know, it's, it's going to show up in your medical record. Um, it's, but, but again, there, there, that will always be in your medical records. A surgeon will have that information. Um, so you can find out what you have and certainly research whether it's one of the products that has, and again, it's not just that it's been recalled because only a couple of them have been recalled, yeah. but one of the products that's causing problems and, you know, that we're pursuing these lawsuits. Yeah. And, and it sounds like it's a pretty big case as well. I mean, getting it calls. is, I mean, I'm trying to, there's like over 20,000 cases in the Jeez. BARD, um, in the BARD litigation, I think. Um, and then, you know, there's again, the other, uh, you know, a bunch of, um, other manufacturers as well. It's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I always love getting questions. I think it's always super interesting. And so every time I see it on, on the sheet, I get a, I get excited. You got excited. Okay. Well, and and this is a good question. And and I think it it kind of came up, I mean, partly with regard to the McDonald's case, but then we've had similar questions in the past too. Um, and it kind of, there were a couple of comments. One was, do companies have to warn about every stupid thing people might do? Um, and why should people be able to sue for doing stupid stuff, basically, the, yeah. the things? And it's actually a good question. I mean, it is a really good question. And sometimes what you hear in the news, again, and you can probably attest to this, is not exactly accurate. And there might be exaggerations and that sort of thing. Um, but I did want to just kind of talk about what the legal standard is for, for product cases. 
Um, and you know, when w in law school they taught us about the reasonable man standard, which you know now is the reasonable person standard. Finally, um, and basically that's just that that um, when you're looking at these cases and, and whether somebody should be able to bring a lawsuit, um, or basically the jury's going to ask this: Did this person act the way that a reasonable person would act, uh -huh. say, in using this product? Um, and if somebody is not reasonable, um, then their case is not going to be successful. Um, in one of the, the questions that you ask is, is this injury, say, reasonably foreseeable? You know, can you see that this product could be used in this way yeah. and cause harm to somebody? Something that wouldn't apply would probably be the Tide Pod challenge that I mentioned last show. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah that, I would say <laughs> that. Would... throwing detergent pods in their mouth and just popping them open. I think that's not reasonable. No, that is not a reasonable use of the product. And that's actually a, a much more colorful example because the, can't, the example that you often use in, in uh, law school is, okay, that you have a chair and the chair is supposed to be used for sitting, but somebody notices that the light bulb in their ceiling is out. So they stand on the chair to change the light bulb and the chair collapses and they're injured. Can they sue the manufacturer of the chair? And then the issue would be, well, is it reasonable to assume somebody's going to stand on the chair? Um, and if it is reasonable uh. to assume that they will, so, so again, if, 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 the, if the use is foreseeable, then you have to warn about yeah. it. If it's something that's just so crazy that it's unforeseeable, then of course you don't have to warn about it. Well, that chair situation, which way is it? Because I feel like I, I could assume, usually assume, you know, you're going to stand in your chair at some point. I mean, but at the same time, chairs are meant for sitting. So exactly. <laughs> well, and that would be up to the jury. They would decide, is, uh, is this reasonable? Mm -hmm. And if it is reasonably foreseeable, should they have warned about it? Um, and, you know, so basically you have to use the product for its intended use. Um, and, you know, things like, uh, gosh, I mean, you don't use a chainsaw to trim your nails, right? I mean, yeah. you can't, you know. <laughs> That's a good example. Very colorful. <laughs> That's, that could be really, really ugly and nasty colorful, huh? Um, so, you know, and I would, if, when I was kind of looking up examples, there were some kind of funny ones. And, and you always see memes on this, yeah. um, you know, where like an iron has a warning on the box saying, do not iron clothing on body. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so they actually have that warning on there. Yeah. Um, and I guess that it is foreseeable that somebody's going to try to iron uh, something. I mean, I guess, you know, you, you put on your button up and, and get ready for work. You realize that cause it's there, got a, oops, few, there's a, wrinkle. a few wrinkles. And you're like, ah, oh, you don't have time to take it off and put <laughs> it on the thing. And let me just do, you know, one to the other, skip a step real quick. Well, and I actually will admit that I've actually used a curling iron on a blouse just while it was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's almost worse because it's a, at least at least the iron is meant for it. <laughs> it got out a little, you know, just little wrinkles. Um, but then you know, there's another one where microwaves do not use for drying pets. Okay, that is sick. That's no, but there were cases, uh, situations. I'm not saying it was a lawsuit, but I mean where people thought that it was okay to. But well, I mean, that's there. a situation where it's like, that's not reasonable at no, all. No, oh right? my God. Oh my God. And that's it's just horrifying. Awful. It's completely yeah. horrifying. Um, this is why not. I actually have seen this, you know, the sun shields that you put up in your car, yeah. you know, and it says, do not drive with sun shield <laughs> in place. <Yeah. laughs> I actually say that. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, it gets pretty hot on, uh, in Arizona on a summer day. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's a little overwhelming to have that sun bearing on you. And... Just might want to go the first couple miles of it. Yeah, just place, until your car you know, cools down and then you'll take it down. Yeah. Well, and then another funny one I liked was on, on the thermometer. Once used rectally, thermometer should not be used orally. Yeah, yeah, I know. Talking I mean, about E. coli and all kinds of nastiness. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, 
I guess that's reasonable, you yeah. know. Oh, and you know one that I see all the time, and and I'm sure that it's on there because it was a problem. It's like with blow dryers, mm-hmm. they always have that thing, and it's actually something you can't even remove. It's on like the cord, and it says uh, yeah. "Do not use in the bathtub." So I bet you there were probably a lot of situations where people tried to blow dry their hair in the bathtub and got electrocuted. In the bathtub, that's interesting. Well, because you know you can't have it near water. Well, I mean, yeah. electric electricity and water. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking about like trying to dry off parts of your body when you're sitting in a pool of water well you're blowing your hair presumably yeah you're blowing your hair but like yeah i'm still you're sitting in a pool of yeah, water really bad. you have high risk of getting it wet again and then it defeats the entire purpose mm, okay yeah just a really bad idea but but again I, you know probably I, I guess at some point maybe they decided that it was reasonably foreseeable that somebody would do that and that's why they have the warnings on there now well, and I guess that's that's another question is, are all the warnings because someone has done something or is it something that usually the company tries to think out in advance? Well, I think that they do try to think in advance of, you know, what things, you know, what would be reasonably foreseeable that somebody might use yeah. their product um, in, an, you know, in a way that they hadn't intended it to be used and to avoid a lawsuit, then, then um, you know, they would place a, place a warning. Yeah, I know so. with like, a lot of toys, like Play-Doh, says don't eat. Right, right. I mean, to be fair, that's 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 a good thing they put it there. Yeah, it smells really good. <laughs> it smells delicious. It? Sometimes if you make something that looks really good, too, and the texture as well, you're just a little curious. You know, mm-hmm. what, what if I took a bite out of this? Would it be good? It looks good. All right, just a minute. Did you eat Play-Doh? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I made it here if I did. Huh. Well, so on, a, on another one of these rabbit holes that I got myself down, um, I was thinking about, you know, products and using them, you know, not for their intended purposes and everything. And I kind of go back to this classic case that I would always joke around about. And, and that's this is like the vacuum cleaner case. And I don't know if I've told you this or not. Um, but I, and it's starting to wonder if it was an urban legend. But in fact, <laughs> I've confirmed that it is not. Um, but so, so vacuum cleaners, um, you know, within the hose part, they used to have like a little fan mm-hmm. and that... Um, um, would help kind of suck up the the dust and debris or whatever um, since it was closer to to the end. Well, unfortunately, a number of men decided. I knew this is where it was knew going. This is where it was going. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad it's not urban legend because that would have been disappointing. This sounds very realistic. No, it's really real. I mean, actually, I didn't even know how real it was. But so the problem with having that little fan there, um, you know, and then men put their penises in there, yeah. and so then there was some havoc. <laughs> Havoc's a nice way to say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, um, so a lot of them don't have the fan there, but still, I thought, you know, well, again, I, I researched this, and it was crazy because PubMed, I mean, this is like, you know, this is the, the, the resource that doctors go to for studies and all. And in fact, the first article that popped up was vacuum cleaner injury to penis, a common urological problem, a common urologic problem. I mean, it's like it happens enough that there were a number of articles um, that people, you know, had 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 wrote about this. Um, And so so I guess that then goes to maybe this is foreseeable. Yeah. Again, I initially thought, well, this is the perfect example. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, But no, it's if it happens enough, then it is reasonably foreseeable. And so I don't know. Actually, I should go check my vacuum cleaner and see if it specifically says do not insert penis. Yeah. I I, I mean, I would probably not say penis. I feel like I would say like don't insert bodily (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe you shouldn't be so specific because really you shouldn't insert your finger either yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but that is kind of interesting where um you know if it happens enough even though it sounds so ridiculous if it happens enough then it almost 
you know, is reasonable for someone to do it, I guess. Well, it's a sign right? that there's a lot, either there's a whole lot of unreasonable people, and then maybe that crosses over into the line where it's reasonable. But, um, I mean, you know, I mean, a man putting, I mean, something that sucks, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's... I don't know. No comment. No comment. No comment. Well, so, and, and I just have to say that when I was talking to Peter about this, um, you know, I was like, the thing that always amazed me was that, that, you know, you would see in these medical records, like the stories that people would come up with to explain how it happened. And, you know, and just in this one study, they were talking about, you know, this guy saying that, you know, he was vacuuming naked. Tripped and, and fell and all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, no, stuff like that. And, oh, and then the one was, let's see, vacuuming nude um, while his wife was out shopping. I mean, why would he even <laughs> mention that his wife wasn't there? <laughs> I, guys, my wife wasn't there. I know what you're probably thinking. <laughs> it turned itself on and caught his penis. I mean, it's like, so So th- there's some real issues here because this He's thing, taking like... a nap, butt naked. <laughs> he wakes up, cold sweats, all of a sudden, it's right there next to him, attacks him. It turns on by itself. Oh, gosh. Well, another one, a guy who was a railway signalman, it was in his signal box when he bent down to pick up his tools and caught his penis in a Hoover, Hoover dustette, which happened to be switched on. Just I mean, so happened, coincidentally. Yeah. And another guy vacuuming his friend's staircase in a loose-fitting dressing gown. When intending to switch the machine off, he leaned across to reach the plug. At that moment, his dressing gown became undone. And his- <laughs> came on. The button <laughs> flew off. At the exact moment. And his penis was sucked into the vacuum cleaner. Jeez, that's I terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it's really dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, so, but the, the funny thing I, that I was saying to Peter is like, you know, when you have these patients, I mean, does it even matter, like, how it happened? I mean, the fact of the matter is, this, you know, you're injured, just treat the injury, you know, because you always, I don't, I don't know, it was, actually, there was a, a party with your it was a bunch of kids, you and a bunch of your school friends, and somehow I ended up talking to a proctologist, was one of the parents. They was telling me like these crazy stories about people who would come in with things in their butts, and they would always oh. have these, you know, well, my, my wife left her hairspray can sitting on the sofa, and I sat down. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it is, no, no, no. I mean, you sat down naked, and it, I mean, this hairspray can just doesn't slide I, I, into your butt. I wonder if they're like on the way to the hospital and they're <laughs> like thinking in their sweat. head, they're sweating and they're like, shit, how am I going to, how am I going to explain this one? <laughs> I got to get a good story ready. And they're just waiting for the doctor. Okay. Uh, so you know what happened here? Boom. They got their story <laughs> like the back of their hand. They've been thinking about it since the drive over. I guess. But I mean, that's the reality. I mean, the, the emergency room doctor comes in there's a can of hairspray in the guy's butt. I mean, the issue is just to get it out. I mean, there's no, I mean, who cares how it got there? Because I mean, I would be curious. That's like, that's a privilege <laughs> yeah, of being a doctor. You get you to get find out about this the stuff. explanations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a curiosity, you know? You can't resist. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> well, I think I'll stick with law. Well, those are some good questions. And I think, like you said, it kind of speaks to a greater thing. Um, the reasonable person not man anymore the reasonable person rule um, is interesting and it's it's interesting especially because it can be interpreted in so many ways you know the definition of reasonable is it's not concrete it's not something you can like say this is clearly reasonable it's not clear cut and that's why these cases go to trial because the jury is going to have to decide was it reasonable or was it not the plaintiff is going to argue of course it was reasonable that i did whatever i did Mm -hmm. um you know and and so really the answer is that that um no some depending on how stupid somebody is no they don't have a case yeah you know? well and something to keep in mind too is a lot of these cases you know once it hits media you know 
know, like the coffee, uh, just a lot of the facts aren't, aren't always mentioned. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's, it's easy to get people kind of up, worked up and yeah. like get more views, clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. I was going to say, this kind of goes full circle to, yeah. to you and your conspiracy theory about the news. Exactly. I mean, they're looking to get as many views as possible and as you know ridiculous as they can make yeah, the story make it sound. Yeah, crazier than it really is. Yeah, and even if it, you know, requires maybe not lying but you know admit or omitting some of the details of it uh-huh. uh, enhancing others enhancing and exaggerating others. yeah i hear yeah. you hear you Okay. Well, I think we covered a lot. Um, just one, as far as for next week, just a little teaser about what we're going to talk about. Um, the U.S. Surgeon General issued a public advisory report last week on the risks of social media on young people. Mm-hmm. Um, came out, and, and it's a 19-page report, um, but basically saying that there's a profound risk of harm. And this goes um, along with the uh, social media litigation that's been going on for a while. So I thought we would talk about that next week since it's timely with this report that that actually is really supporting um, supporting our position in that litigation. That is interesting. And I think the social media cases overall are, mm-hmm. is definitely an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, it's something that I think hasn't really been tapped into. You know, people are aware that there are issues, but, you know, it's one of those, it's really very hard to define and, and, and categorize. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. So that's, that's what we'll talk about next week. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and close out some fantastic questions. If anyone does have any other questions, feel free to comment on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, whatever platform you see this. Um, but I was also thinking it might be good to, for them to email as well. I'm sure there might be some questions that people aren't the most comfortable having, you know, putting on a public form. Uh-huh. And then we also have the Facebook chat. Right, right. So any of those. And, and we'll um, uh, just double check which the, we'll, we'll definitely add in here the, the yeah. links on that. But I think either either the info or podcast, um, we get both of those and we're happy to answer questions. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the fun parts is answering the questions. It is. It is. Uh, but with that being said, I think we're ready to close out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you know, back at it. Like, like we said last week, we'll be going every week again. Um, you know, I hope we see you next week and, and hope you have a good week. Have a great one. Bye. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing, prioritizing profit. Dangerous drug and product cases.